0: Welcome to episode 11 of Escape the Strong Woman Trap. I'm your host, Sasha Mobley, coach and author. July is a rough month for my family. It seems to be rough for many people in my circle of friends. For me, as many of you know, it's the third anniversary of my brother Steve's suicide. On top of that, Steve's little dog, Teddy, the one I adopted after Steve's death, had to be put to sleep last week. More than one person has mentioned to me this severing uh, of my connection back to Steve, but honestly, Teddy was just Teddy when he came to live with us. He lived a lot longer than I expected. He had congestive heart failure, and that gave him an episode right after he came to live with us. So he was on meds to help with his enlarged heart for the duration of his time with us. He was also blind and deaf and needed to wear a diaper all the time. And, you know, despite all of that, I had no idea I'd get so attached to him. Um, and I really regret not letting Teddy come to live with us sooner because it might have relieved some of the crushing stress that Steve was experiencing in his life when he finally decided uh, to end it. If I'd been listening a little better to Steve, I might have done that just that. Um, Steve didn't want me to fix his life. He wasn't interested in any of the things my sister and I were doing in an attempt to make his life easier. But he was really worried about what would happen to Teddy if he had to move to a place that wouldn't take animals. I could have taken that off him. I try not to get stuck on that period of time because I was doing what I knew how to do and doing my best at it but I still wonder if some small change could have shifted things. There is a lot of cruft that accompanies grief, guilt, anger, sorrow, and feelings of numbness too. There's a process of the relationship with departed, and then there is a processing of the relationship with those who are still living. At that time, I was mostly surrounded by grace. I would love to say I acted with grace and equanimity myself. And I acted with that far less than I wish I did. This isn't the first time I've lost somebody. My father died when I was 19 during the time when I was coming to grips with my sexuality. It was a mess. With the grief, the mess. Yesterday, on the 19th of July, was the anniversary of the death of my grandmother, my mom's mom. My grandmother died while my mother was in a German concentration camp. My mother had no goodbyes except whatever was said before my mom was herded onto a cattle car. So July really haunts us. In just the last few days, people dear to me have lost loved ones, and in a few cases, with stunning abruptness. I won't tell their stories because they are for them to tell and to reveal in their own time. But I will say this to them right now Make space. Take your time. After Steve died, I wrote a lot to help me process what happened. I wrote and published a book because I had a burst of nervous energy and it was absolutely the opposite of what I was feeling. It was a chirpy little book on goal achievement. I really wanted to be normal again and I was getting all sorts of messages to get on with it from other people too. So I tried that. I spent the next year feeling like I was going to boil over or explode and I really wanted to run. Oddly, I thought I could insulate others from their grief by taking care of everything myself. And during the days following Steve's death, I got a call from the coroner's office that I could pick up the things Steve had on him at the time of his death. And I just went over there and I didn't tell anyone that I was going. I didn't tell anyone I got the call. Um, and when I got there, um, it, it looked very just very ordinary just like any other government office. And the coroner came out to meet me. She was a woman, and she brought a large envelope that had all of Steve's things inside of it, all of them sealed in plastic bags. And as I was looking over his stuff, she said they had the gun he used to kill himself, too. And she wanted to know if we wanted it or if they should destroy it. And that was it. I, I just broke down there in the office, and I continued to break down in different ways over the next year. I kept getting sick or injured. I, I had very little resilience to the regular stress of life. But what was hardest for me was dealing with people who didn't get it. But I was one of those people, too. I didn't get it. I wanted to rush on and leave my pain behind. And while at the same time I was totally infuriated with everyone who thought I should have it all worked out by then, and I thought I should have it all worked out. What finally gave me some peace, finally, was the realization that we're only guessing at what things are until they happen to us. I didn't know what I would need. How could I expect anyone else to know? I was really lucky though. Many people in my life did understand and they reached out and helped me as best, as, I, as much as I would let them help me. And to each of you who might be listening to this, thank you, you saved me. And to each of you who might've lost someone and are struggling to find your way, I've been there, I see you. There is a series of woodblock prints by Hokusai called 36 Views of Mount Fuji. Each print shows a scene, sometimes with Fuji as the central subject, and sometimes with it far in the distance with other scenes of life dominating the picture. But Fuji is always there, a steady presence. In my own writing, Steve's death is still large and in the foreground and I put my words around it and all it implies. Sometimes, in the, Sometime in the future, Steve will, his, the memory of his death will be a distant thing for me, and it's only gonna be a color in my language. But now it's there, demanding to be seen, to be acknowledged. I see you, Steve. You haven't faded. You are still very much here. I miss you. Now that July is nearly wrapped up, I'm going to take some time off for myself. I'm heading to Japan to actually climb Mount Fuji. So I plan to share some of my travel insights on my blog. If you aren't a reader yet, you can go check it out on my website, sashamobley.com. When I return, I will be working on a program that I plan to launch in September If you're wondering how you can get more flow at work, communicate more effectively, or have more professional satisfaction and success, get ready. I have some great stuff to share. Also, I have openings in my September calendar for coaching. If you want in, drop me a line at Sasha at SashaMobley.com. That's S-A-S-H-A at S-A-S-H-A-M-O-B-L-E-Y dot com. My book, The Strong Woman Trap, will be hitting the shelves on September 12th. You can pre-order it now, and please do. Pre-orders help me get the book in front of audience, and it's something like $5 off the cover price, so go and get your own copy. If you can't wait till September and want a signed copy of my book, you can also get one of those at strongwomantrap.com. Next episode comes out late August. Thanks for listening, and enjoy summer. To learn more about me or get information on my book, The Strong Woman Trap, go to sashamobley.com. That is S-A-S-H-A-M-O-B-L-E-Y.com or strongwomantrap.com. Technical direction was provided by Amazing Andrea. Amazing Andrea nurtures exceptional entrepreneurs by using technology to work smarter. Connect with her at amazingandrea.com. Music for Escape the Strong Woman Trap is provided by Zoe Lila through a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.